Hey, this is West Coast Jeff. Uh, waking up this morning and watching some cross, I had time to reflect on the 2021 season. The three things I am most excited about for this year so far has been the following. We've got cross to watch. I don't care where it is. We're getting to watch racing, and it's been fun. The women's field and the continued evolution of the younger racers like Hansiger and all of them, the skill level and competition is just taking a notch up, and next year should be really awesome. And then third, a healthy Wout and Matthew and the possibility of a very compelling world's race. Uh, they're both looking really good, and uh, it's going to be an exciting race to watch. So uh, disappointment uh, for me, the decline of worst after last year in the head-to-head -head at Worlds with Alvarado. Maybe she had a chance to take it one step higher, but she was clearly derailed by her mountain bike crash, and I don't think she ever truly recovered from it. Uh, Katie Compton and a chance to see her at the front of the races this year. She hasn't made it there yet, but you know what? She's provided some amazing entertainment over the years, and she's an incredible champion. I'd love to see her win some more races. And then probably the third disappointment so far for me this year has been the demise of the confetti cannon. What is a Vanderpool win without confetti? It's just not the same. I think we're missing the sprinkles in the air. Uh, I don't think he'll get one next week either if he wins. And so hopefully maybe that will come back in the not-so-near future. Maybe we'll get it at our world next year in the United States. That would be amazing. Anyways, it's been an interesting year across so far. I can't wait to see how it concludes. Thanks for the uh, entertainment from you guys as well. I appreciate it. And that's it. I'm out of here. Later. Hello, cyclocross friends. And thanks for tuning in to episode 218 of Cyclocross Radio. On today's show, we are back in the media pit after taking the last week off, and we got a lot to cover including the final World Cup race of the season, uh, a great race at Hame, and, and, and our World Championships preview. And speaking of the World Championships, make sure that you watch it this weekend on Flow Bikes. Flow is the North American source for streaming of the 2021 Cyclocross World Championships. That means all of our friends in Canada and the U.S. This is the place that you go. Go to flowbikes.com and you can sign up. You can also check out the latest uh, heat check video. I, I did one for, for them. So it's only available through that subscription. So go check that out too. And we'll see all of you early in the morning on the weekend on Flow Bikes. Also, go check out the CX Airs Bulletin. That's the newsletter that Zach and I put together. This podcast is part of it. Uh, the uh, videos, the CXs and the O's videos on the Wide Angle Podium page are all part of it. Everything that you are paying for for a monthly subscription to the CX Airs Bulletin helps us do all of the stuff, all of the coverage, all of the analysis. It helps us uh, hire guys like Ethan Glading over in Europe to take amazing photos for us. So, Get on board, cxhairs.substack.com. Become a member. We'll be covering gravel and mountain bike in the months to come. Finally, get on over to the Wide Angle Podium. We're still part of that network. We love it. It's, it's our family, and we want you to be a part of that family. So wideanglepodium.com. Become a member. 
Okay. Episode 218. We got to figure out what's going to go, what's going to happen at Worlds next weekend. And we're going to do that by looking to last weekend and overanalyzing all those races. It's episode 218 of Cyclocross Radio. We are in the media pit with Zach, with Michael. And we're doing that right now. All right, we are back from our week off in the media pit, loaded and ready to go before we get started. Michael, how's it going? Rest week, coming back from West Week, feeling refreshed. Bill, I don't want to like over, over isotomate my uh, <laughs> enthusiasm, but I think we're going to go ham on this show tonight. All right, I think you wait, can just wait. go overestimate, overestimate, and I think that's actually the, more of the proper pronunciation. That's it. Yeah, all of all of Dutch speaking world is now writing in and saying, "No, Bill, no, it's not even close." But still, wait, wait. But also, I also just I'm I'm, I'm very entertained. I just finished my favorite book, Celine's Legs and Ham. Okay, Zach, back or to you. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say, I mean, it is World's Week, and I, I guess I'm just going to I'm going to dive in and try to pronounce it. But you know, the the champagne is over Isa, and we're getting ready to for a celebration this weekend. So that's that's the best I had. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, we're all come on. Celine's legs and ham. Green eggs and ham? No? No? Anybody? I do have to say, one thing I do do love, uh, you know, if you are a reader, uh, subscriber to the Bulletin, you're in the Slack channel, like the puns are just coming from all of our readers. And I feel like I just, I love that it's become part of the discussion around Cyclocross with this podcast and with the CX Cares Bulletin, that just everyone's bringing their pun game. I love it. It's, It's like dad jokes on fleek. Oh, I mean, look, I, I I've been keeping the the you know not to not to tip my hand for my pick for worlds, but you know you got the 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 sand race. You're gonna have a lot of off the bike action. Paul McCartney wings, Lucinda Brand on the run. It's it's happening. I'm all in on the I'm I'm all in on the brand on the run. Okay, you're just tipping your hand. I love tipping it. You're throwing your cards out there. Uh, <laughs> should we talk some racing, though? We had some yeah. racing. I know the last few shows uh, we've been kind of a little down on the racing. Has it been as exciting? Um, but we had we had at least one banger, I think, times two uh, this weekend at Overisa. Yeah, for sure. I mean, should we talk about the um, just start, go sequentially and start about Saturday first? Uh, I... It's like woven basket cross. I don't know those those like the when you get into the wooded section with those barriers. I don't know what they're they they almost look like trellises in that little section. Am I thinking of the right race? Yeah, no, that yeah. that's like my favorite. I, I, there's no section that I would want to ride more than that section. It's appropriate. I looked up. It's it's like a mountain bike facility, and you can kind of see some of the single track cutting across. And that section is just that just looks fun. Yeah, it seems like they changed part of it. I don't know if you guys noticed that. It actually seemed less flowy than usual, but I don't, you know, 
I think you're right. Yeah, no, there were some corners where like there was not as like the flowier turns. Like there were people making passes in there, which normally doesn't happen. You know, if like some like wow, it would go wider, and if you cut it inside, like maybe you could move around. Um, but yeah, the course was definitely different. It also had the uh, the run up to nowhere, uh, kind of the the steeper thing that Essen had going on, where it was the the stairs and then the drop and then the run up and another descent. So it seemed a little bit different um, than Flandern Cross's past. Yeah. So Flandern Cross at Hama. Uh, let's get into it. Let's uh, let's let's start with this uh, this women's race. And um, Michael, I'm just just going to open the, open the floor and hand it off to you. I mean, I think sort of the um, the big thing coming into this was like how's everybody feeling right it's 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 two weeks out from worlds and i didn't realize this but celine hadn't raced in 21 days and that's kind of like a lot of the riders who sort of went to training camps and were kind of like getting in some f- training after that like heavy block and cursed period so like what's gonna happen like who's gonna like come in with heavy legs and who's gonna need to blow the cobwebs out and something i thought was interesting is that uh celine Del Comerano Alvarado has actually won the last three of the XTO Bad Commerce trophy races, but because of her like poor race at Coppenberg, she's like out of the hunt for the overall. And it's kind of really between um, Brand and Betsima. Brand has a little bit of gap over Betsima. So it was interesting to see like how is that going to play out into the into the race? And we saw that in the beginning of the first race, like Brand was like on it. Like there's like those, those bonus seconds at the beginning. And Brand wanted to go for him, and uh, and she did, and she got him, and then 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 things shifted, and um, I don't know, and then then it kind of became the uh, primetime show. Do you think there should be a maximum or a, or or a lid on the amount of time you can lose in one of these races? There is. It's there is. five is. minutes. Five minutes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, so that's the deficit that you face. Because I remember it kind of being an issue when Katie Compton was doing well one of the years because she had to come back for U.S. Nats, and it was during Zonhoven. Because, yeah, because I think she had won it when she was able to race the full slate when we still had January Nats. Uh, and so she had to take that five-point hit because I think she missed Zonhoven or something. Got it. That makes sense. Or no, Zonhoven was a super like prestige. That. She missed a race. Right, right. right. Yeah, I, I also should know this because our own series, when it existed, the the, the Parkway series actually did the same thing. So, um, good going, Bill. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but Alvarado four four minutes and thirty five seconds down. So I guess that that really was all of that. She probably took like max max minutes at Copenberg Cross and has been fighting back since then. Is that kind of how that went? Yeah, I mean, she just. You know, I mean, she just did had a pretty terrible race. Like she can't climb, and so I think she's. I don't think she. I mean, she only she finished a minute fifty three down, but I guess that was a big enough gap in that first race to really, um, you know, let things go. I don't. I don't. Maybe what else she? Maybe a different race where she didn't do so well. Yeah, and we got two more races. So put, we have two more races scheduled. So there's still right. Lila and. Brussels scheduled and Betsima is 38 seconds down on to brand. So that's, that's still a battle there. You know, that's still, that's kind of still up in the air. 
But I think as we'll get to, it seems like worlds may be, we may be just lucky to get worlds in based on kind of what's happening. And we can obviously talk about that yeah, uh, a little sure. bit later. But it, it sure has the vibe of like, hey, like, let's just be glad that this thing is happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and they, they it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's some kind of, I don't know, miracles the right word, but it's pretty amazing. They got one, two, three, four, five six races in that series it's almost a full season right there yeah no i think i think rewinding back to even in september i think sitting here in the media pit we're like wow let's enjoy this let's enjoy krybeka and karen because we don't know what we're gonna get and you know at least for the major series like we've gotten you know most of the world cup got canceled but like we've gotten a lot of racing like we've done all right yeah yeah we've we've had a great season i mean it's been enjoyable we've we've bloviated plenty on this podcast uh and it's been it's been awesome so well let's you know i think we're gonna get more into this in the next race but before we do and since we're in the women's race here got alvarado winning betsima coming in second the the elephant in the room my friends my fellow media pit cohorts. I'm just going to take a step back here. And let's talk about that third step on the podium. Manon <laughs> Backer coming in hot at the primed for Worlds, for U23 Worlds, looking like she's an elite beater. I mean, I'll just jump in here. I feel like I deserve this. I know, Michael, I've been hard on you all season <laughs> um, about the infamous statement race, and I've kind of made it into a thing. And again, I love that people are calling her statement race, uh, uh, just, which just is kind statement. of amazing. Just the nickname statement, statement is just <laughs> statement. fantastic. I love it. I, I love it. Um, but I have to say, I kind of deserve this because, you know, last week I had done a breakdown of the U23 women's field, and I was like, well, what, wh- what's really going to change? You know, kind of a uh, Kavash had been racing really well. She had won a couple of races. Bakker had been off the podium, but it was it was a push between the two of them. It was like you can't go one way or the other. But you know, I think someone used the word breakthrough. She got on the podium two days in a row. Spoiler alert! And you know, I those results are hard to just. I think something happened. It's hard to not look at her as being the favorite for that U twenty three women's race now. Yeah, just to jump in really quick, we wrote her off after the early season. Her and, you know, Van Alphen had, had, it was Berdine or whatever it was, you know, and they're like, hey, yeah, they're good. That's cute and everything. But, you know, the, the, the real racers haven't shown up yet. So that she is there now. This is, you know, she's doing it when it matters. Part of that, though, is too, she also did kind of, kind of, kind of, underperform it at euros too i think that was part of like I, why i'm giving michael a hard time is because like her two races following that were a debacle at copenberg and then you know losing to the the ginger hammer at uh at u23 euros so getting third getting third to worlds yeah i mean like not winning it's hard to call something and not a statement if you don't win but i think that you know it was like she showed the form right she showed the aggressiveness not verbal aggressiveness, but the racing aggressiveness to put herself in the front and 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 go for the win. Zach, you're always talking about you got to be in the front to win, and so she did that. And you know, yeah, she we we saw we saw this weekend that Bakker's not a runner, um, but she's climbing better, 
And, you know, I, before this weekend, I would have picked Voss as, as the lead favorite, uh, Vosh, for the lead favorite for uh, U23 Worlds. But, I mean, I don't know where she was this weekend. We, she was finished ninth in over EC. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's fun to make a kind of like a wild statement like that in the beginning of the season. And then, you know, it might, it might come out to be, I might come out to be a smart guy if she wins worlds. I, I mean, you um, are, you, it is tailor made and she could not have given you more confidence and, you know, finally having make me eat my words uh, to your point though. I think what was really impressive to me was given how she raced at Copenberg was her performance at over I mean, you know, Hama relatively right. flat with the steep run-ups that, you know, I, I you aren't necessarily, like, indicative of being a good climber. But, like, over Isa was a really hard course. I mean, our Euro correspondent, Ethan Glading, said that it's one of the hardest courses that he's ever been at just to get around in terms of climbing and, and stuff. So, bad uh, respect to her for that third place, especially on Sunday. Yeah, and she was... She was pretty pumped too, and that's that's always cool to see. Both races when she came across the line, you no, know, she was excited, and and over easy, she was sprinting to catch Brand, and and she didn't, but was was excited to get that third. I mean, we saw in the beginning of the year that she bunny hopped those barriers with Van Alphen, and like was like, you know, that that's it, it's a game changer. Like you have to do it now. It's a skill set, it's not just a novelty. And you did see that at over at over easy, right, with the the uphill little barriers. Um, that was at was that at Hama. Um, okay, well, then I think maybe that's when she was able to sort of like ride around Betsema and that sort of section was there, was was taking those skills. So she seems to have like sort of developed, you know, a, a full set of, of cyclocross skills this year. So I have a question for you guys. I mean, I, I joked about overanalyzing the weekend before, you know, like and it's, to what extent do you put stock in what happened and, you know, what to what extent are is it a one off? Because, you know, last year I did this analysis and I was like, you know, does getting on the podium at Hugerheide when it was the traditional last World Cup, does it mean anything for Worlds? And I found actually it, it's older. That was more much more predictive of, you know, success at the World Championships uh, but, you know, this year, two races, you know, we had a week off, we've had two weeks off, we didn't get to watch them all. You know, what are you guys' thoughts this year in terms of, you know, how you're interpreting this in terms of, say, informing your world's picks? I don't know how to interpret this, especially over us, uh, where it, having already tipped my cards, my problem, I, I have a Lucinda brand problem and I just don't know what, what to do with it because you, you and everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, I still, my, in, in my head, I'm like, she has shown me that she's this whole year that she was the strongest, consistently strongest rider. Uh, you know, Alvarado had these flashes and these streaks even where she was really, really good. Uh, and maybe she has, you know, you want to go back to just like classic periodization. Maybe Alvarado has just played this perfectly. She came into that earlier, you know, or maybe leaving like second, second quarter of the season on fire, sort of had that dip down. Michael, you said she took 21 days off of racing and she and and before she did that, we were all like, she's just beat. She's She has dead legs. She just does not look good out there. She looks tired. 
not the case anymore. I mean, she's looking fresh. She's looking strong. But then we come into this world's race. I just, you know, with the running, with the sand, with the way that the course is set up where it's a little less technical, a little more power. I still, I'm still like, all right, Lucinda, this is, this is kind of it. This is, this is where we're going. So my eyes are telling me that I should be, that this should mean something, that these races should mean something, but my, my brain or heart right now still, still, still just sticking to my guns. Yeah. I think, I think you could, we could glean a lot from this week. And I think also though, we'd saw on Saturday that apparently brand had some issues off camera and her broke her shoe and she fell in the ditch and then her saddle was too low and she didn't have her pressure dialed. So I don't doubt that. I think that you're right, Bill. Celine has, has really hit this, this weekend and in good form. And I think that brand maybe came in a little heavy. Um, but like you said, she's been the most consistent. Jay Powell called her the queen of cross this year. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess she pretty much is the queen of cross this year. So I, I, haven't decided who I'm picking or who I'm tipping my hat for women's worlds. Um, I'm liking the way Alvarado's riding. I mean, her and Hama was sort of, was kind of Alvarado last year, sort of when she was super dominant, you know, um, just kind of, kind of rode away from the group and was able to stay away. Um, so you're seeing those flashes of what she did and that hot streak she had last year. Um, but I don't know. So I, I think, I think we are, I think the thing I've learned though, is that like, Alvarado, what we saw before was a bit of a slump and that she is on the up brand is, I think is, is as strong as she has been. And so, yeah, it's going to kind of come down to the course and who's going to ride better on that sand. And also the things that you can't predict in cyclocross, those things like flats and mechanicals and Alvarado running over wire and, and, you know, yeah, but even when she does that and Zach, I'll throw it over to you, but even when she does that, what always impresses me with Alvarado, you see it just consistently through the last year actually i think after when she learned how to win last year on is that she's able to meet those sort of just weird adversity issues you know i remember like there was a time she missed her bike in a pit did not stress didn't yell got the bike got going got back in the lead you know here she was like millimeters from possibly decapitating herself you know sliding under <laughs> under that that uh that, those barriers and just like was able to regroup get back on it not rush still still um control the lead and take the win so that that has always impressed me too and i think that's a that's a championship mindset so she's definitely got that going for her her as well. I'll, I'll leave it with this and throw it over to you, Zach, is that did the one thing we learn is that Anne-Marie Wurst is just out of contention? Did we learn that? Yes. All right. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, I think that, uh, sorry, but right before this was working on my preview of Women's Worlds. And I, I mean, I think she's still in contention for fourth, though. I mean, I think that there's a pretty limited... Uh, group of of women, not limited, um, small number of women. I think you're looking at Sana, Clara, uh, and and Worst as kind of like your three biggest contenders for four, five, six. And you know, I think that Worst has done well in the sand. I mean, she's not outstanding, but she's done it for a long time. Uh, I think that Clara is the hottest heading into worlds, but I don't see where she's shown in a sandy race. Now, if this was Valkenberg, I'd be like, 
Claire for the podium, you know, but in a, a Sandy race, I just haven't seen it. And you have Sana who is riding better and it's a sand race. She did finish fourth at Skeldacross and she was not on good form back then. So I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting for those four, four, five, six, but it's with the sand, it's just really hard to see it not being some combination of brand Betsima and Alvarado on the podium. Hey, I, I have a question. I have a question for you all. Just I know we're skipping around from race to race, which is fine. We'll just stick with the women and 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 go through. But at the World Cup at over us, when we saw the the battle between Backer and Claro, which was which was great, you know, great last two laps of them fighting with each other. Did something happen to Clara? I mean, it was off camera. It was like she was ahead, and they 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 switched over to the leaders and all of a sudden she's like 10 seconds behind and something must have, I, I know what you're talking about something must right. have happened and that's why i wonder like did she and everybody's like oh just great job by backer you know crushing Hansinger's soul and just taking her out and taking and i'm like did she really I, I just and claire of course isn't going to say anything so it's like I'm just really curious about what, ha- not saying that it was anything between the two of them, but did, did she, you know, screw a section up? Did she have to get off? Did, was there something else going on there or truly was it, you know, man and backer just hitting the overdrive button, the turbo boost and just, just taking off from her and leaving her. But it seemed like, you know, you got like this, you could see it in the background and, and you saw the blue kit and you're like, huh. That's that's not the right kit. That's now in third place. What happened? And and we really never got a good idea of of what was going on back behind there. Maybe and if anybody's listening, if you know the story behind what happened for that uh third place, let us let us. Yeah, because Clara, you listen. I I know Clara. You've got nothing better to do than listen to the media pit right now. So. I mean, she's busy. You know, guesting on other podcasts. You know, we'll just. I, I will. I am going to. I got it, guys. I got the answer. This is this is like the worst kind of journalism and thing we're gonna do. I'm gonna write a letter to the In the Red podcast <laughs> and get Curtis to get to the bottom of this for us. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm I'm all about some like under the table getting Curtis as a Euro correspondent <laughs> for the for the, the not, He's the not so secret pro. Uh, that's I got funny. a question um, for you guys. So what I heard on one of the races was that Brand was saying that even if she doesn't win Worlds, she'll still think it's a good season. And so I'm kind of just looking. I'm wondering what you guys think about that. I'm s- Sven's her coach. <laughs> <laughs> so just wow, that was amazing. <laughs> You know, I mean, it goes all the way down to media coach. Just tell them this. It worked for me. It'll work for you. Wow. <laughs> well, I don't know what to say now. <laughs> I think Bill I think Bill just won the podcast. That was amazing. <laughs> so, Michael, to to complete your thought, do do you think she had a good season if she didn't win worlds? Is that was that your question? That's my good, yeah. That's my question. Yeah, I mean, is is it still considered a success? Obviously, she's been successful, but I mean, and if she's saying that, you know, who, what am I to say what she thinks about her season? But just looking at the narrative and looking at where Brand has been at Worlds in the past, and sort of this sort of really the full like all in on Cross this year, and really just kind of stepping up to levels 
very consistent levels. Um, to not finish it off with worlds seems like it'd be you'd be missing something. But at the same time, she's got you know tons of wins. You know, World Cup overall, she's leading in the uh, bad X two O bad commerce. I don't know where she's in super prestige, but it's obviously a successful season. I'm just wondering, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I'll go one. I'll go one further than that. Uh, I think again from the women thing I was just working on. It'll be up on the bulletin. Uh, you know, so just taking a look at. Um, I'll say it's a, a bit about legacy. I mean, I think she's finished on world. Uh, three times there haven't been that many women who have won a world championship and I think for brand it's the difference between do we even remember her if she's just kind of a footnote as for a brief period as someone who got on some podiums and we kind of forget about it you know Alvarado will have two there's only been four women who have won two world championships Uh, and so she'll be the fifth at age 23 Uh, I don't know I think there's a little bit of her her legacy not just as like a racer, but like 10 years from now, we look back and we're like, Lucinda Brand was pretty good. You know, she she did a lot of things and she got that world championship. And I think that's going to play a huge role in it, whether how we remember her. Let's say just hypothetically, let's say you've won four silver medals at Worlds. You maybe throw a bronze or two in there as well. You've Let's say you've won your national championship like 15 times, but you never actually won the world championship does it affect your legacy yes i don't and and in in this particular case i don't because i think people know about the 15 and uh this hypothetical person has just kind of embraced that it kind of sucks i mean that it happened she also happened oh i'm sorry (laughs) it's okay no i I think there are not we, we sometimes don't realize that there aren't people who are just on the same brainwaves and may have not triggered into that. <laughs> We're talking about Katie Compton. So this is, this is the Katie Compton scenario. I mean, to, to a greater effect. I mean, her, her, her Palmeiras compared to Lucinda Brand is not even really even. I mean, Lucinda Brand's amazing, right. but, you know, Katie Compton is Doesn't compare. one of but the it, best. Yeah, but ever. yes, like when we, we are going to release our GOAT power, you know, power rankings, and yeah, it does affect her that she didn't get that one because getting that one and then having all those other medals definitely affects it. Like, look, Adrian Vanderpool, he only won one. He finished second six times, I think. Like, definitely thinks about, you know, if he had been zero and seven or whatever, but like, you know, I think that affects how you, you think about him. Um, so yeah, I think she also has the excuse that she happened, her career coincided with Voss who won seven and Sana Kant who has won three. So like she also had some bad luck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was interesting just doing that Hoger Heide video. I had forgotten about that finish with her where she's just coming into a three and three up sprint. You know, 2000, I think that was 2009 at Hogerheide. Just oof. tough, tough. But, you know, you got a road, one of the best road sprinters ever <laughs> in the bunch with you. There's not much you can do. I also want to, having talked to, and Zach, I know you're in the same boat, having talked to Katie Compton enough, I, I think it's not, it also isn't a line. And one thing that Katie will always stress to you when you're talking about it is that she's in a position where she almost has to comfort people who care about her career because (laughs) they are broken up about her not ever winning a world championship way more than she is. She's just like, 
you know, she knows how good she is. She knows what kind of a career she is and that she, it sucks that she didn't win it, but it's not like she's, you know, it, it's going to make or break her. And I think that is something that we care about a lot more, but on the other side of the coin, that's great. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing it. That's why right. you're, that's why you love sport is because if you, if you don't believe those things matter at all, then what's the sense of even playing the game? Well, uh, yeah, and I, I want to to be clear, it's not necessarily how we think about her career, but I'm just For saying sure. from a standpoint of whether or not we remember her 10 years from now is whether or not. So like Ferran Prevost, it looks like she might never race cyclocross ever again, but 15 years from now will be like that one season that Ferran Prevost did, you know, I mean, she won all three, but like if she hadn't one cyclocross worlds you know that affects how we think of her as a cyclocross racer right like right i agree and i i think that it also you know brand has a has a good road career as well and, and has won you know she's got, she's got a, a full palmares there but just the idea just and just the idea of the narrative right finishing out that story this tale of her season and and and, and which way that story finishes and and really just thinking about what 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 was what worlds was it um in denmark boenza you know the infamous pit episode right like you know she wants that she has to want that back so much um and and a win at worlds would be a vindication you know so yeah that's that pit exchange definitely is something i'm sure that she thinks about uh do we want to just go into do we want to head over to the men or do we just want to just stick out the the women and 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 do a little world's talk and then spend the next half hour talking about the men yeah let's just bookend it and because we've been on the topic let's let's make our picks and you know people will want to stick around for the end of the show uh you know for who's going to pick lauren Sweck to shock the world uh, so yeah let's do it <laughs> okay well i think the the easiest thing to do uh may be just if people don't know since all the fields have been co-mingled you know they would on the women's side anyway hopefully someday we'll get separate u23 women's races which will be pretty crazy but uh so alvarado going with this with the results of of this of over us uh, uh alvarado brand hansinger Betsima, Kant, those are your four in the top six. You have to take out of the equation Mannenbacher, Anna Kay, uh, Blanca Vosh, also in the top 10 because they're all U23, so they're not going to race in there. So they, they sort of muck up what we're looking at, at least from the World Cup, but they're not in the, in the picture as far as elite worlds, which I think we should we should start with. Michael, who's winning women's elite worlds? I think last year that I said I said Brand was going to win. Um, so I'm 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 on, I'm on the prime time train. Well, you got to stick. You uh, called that in October. You got to stick with it. You called prime Alvarado time. is is going to get the double rainbow. And she's going to, this will be a question, maybe a discussion another time. She might approach legendary status. That's my, that's my All pick. right. Do you know the great thing that uh, I, I like about having her mom out there at all of these races with her, you know, wear, wearing her backpack running around is that the name on the backpack 
is just Celine Alvarado. So now I feel more comfortable that we can just, we don't have to continue saying the Del Carmen in there since that's, you know, obviously within the family. They just go Celine Alvarado. So I, I, I feel good that we're able to just, you know, we're familiar enough at this point and, and, and mom has okayed it that we can just... Uh, I'd, I'd feel better if it said primetime, but... I think that we should uh, we should see if we can... Uh, <laughs> Maybe maybe we get enough money we can sponsor. We can just you know sponsor it and have that on the backpack. We can sponsor her mom's uh, backpack. Zach, amazing. Uh, I am. Well, I mean, first, like my prediction was worlds wouldn't happen. That was so I've right. had to eat eat crow. I'm glad hey, that I got no, that one wrong. Not yet. Not yet. We're still there's still time. You know, we we had a you have more restrictions and more. St- sanitary protocols happening every day so we'll see okay i am going to i'm gonna agree with michael i'm gonna go primetime brand betsima worst cont for my top five with clara i think just outside in sixth i like the i like the sick top six nice sec yeah i think i think it's it's i'm sticking with with brand as 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 the winner here i do think that you know, it's going to be Betsima, Alvarado in brand. I think we're all agreed that that's most likely in some order. That's that's what's going to be on there. And I think that uh, it goes with saying that n- none of us will be surprised if Betsima wins this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think uh, I agree with you. Although, I mean, I will point out that after Holst, I said that I think I feel like Alvarado and Brand, especially Alvarado, have to do some thinking about trying to neutralize Betsima. And that was one of my big takeaways is at Hama, she was just on her. And then, you know, uh, Alvarado even crashed on that slick th- whatever. And, and she got right back on Betsima's wheel. And we saw it, you know, in both races where she has not been able to rise to the top when she's in those groups. And so, you know, I think that primetime got the message on that one uh and they were able to kind of neutralize Betsima and I think once Betsima's in a group if she doesn't get away early you know she she makes mistakes we've seen that like she's made a lot of mistakes these races we saw it at Namur we saw it at Sven Ness you know so I'm less I feel like it's less likely that Betsima's gonna win than I would have said three weeks ago but yes very real shot of winning I think that uh, Betsima has took took herself out of both these races, uh, crashing herself out. And I think that Holst was sort of the conditions lined up for her where I think it wasn't as wet, right? It's a little more dry. I feel like when she kind of gets in these more technical, muddy and sand, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But like, I feel like she gets under pressure and she starts to make mistakes and then she makes one mistake and she makes another. So, yeah, that's that's something I sort of glean from this weekend and 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 I, I think that's a good point zach like you you put alvarado on her like that that's gonna that's gonna get in betsima's head and she's she's gonna sort of make mistakes and that'll that'll be a downfall well it was actually it was actually the goat Barriana voss doing everyone a solid getting off to that hot start and neutralizing things at over isa so that was that was interesting to to see uh so here's my question who is your dark horse pick of someone who could steal a third podium spot Here, here's what I, here's my dark horse pick and it's not going to be a huge surprise but it's something that i was thinking about with the ostenda track that we saw in 2017 we're seeing it again 2007 so much was made 
in 2017 about the world's largest flyover that went over the highway. That thing's back again. And it's not just a flyover. It's a legit climb. It, it is a, what, 10 to 15 second up and down each side climb. And throughout the season, the UCI incorporated this new, like, King of the Mountain thing that they have going on on certain uh, uh, courses and certain, I think, just through the World Cups. Is that right? Um, yeah. 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 And the the name that has been on the top of that leaderboard, especially since she gets such god-awful starts, is, uh, is Clara Hansinger. You know, she is always just, like, on the saddle pumping out the watts and just like closing gaps on climbs. She has two significant climbs each lap to be able to just keep pulling people back. So I think that's the, the, the sand part is definitely significant. It's on one side of that flyover. I think if Clara can kind of hold her own and then make up ground on the flyover climbs, she's, she's got a really good shot of, of being in there for a podium. Michael, what do you think? Dark Horse. I mean, it's hard not to disagree with you on that one, Bill. That's who I want to pick, too. I mean, I feel like that she has a lot of momentum. Um, but you know what I'm going to say? Sonicant. I mean, just, you know, she she is coming into form. Sonic Watch has been great. I enjoy that we check in with her every week. You know, she's a legend. And she's been racing really well. And, you know, Sand, she's she's a natural. It's like a fish in water. So, dark horse pick right there. All she does is win championships. That's right. <laughs> Zach, dark horse. Uh, well, I, you know, I admittedly haven't had the time to like look into this course, so now I'm I'm conflicted because my original pick was was Sana. Uh, I mean, I think that you know that result at Skeldacross, she was once once upon a time she was the queen of sand. Like she just won. All she did was win Zonhoven. You know, like every year. Won a, won a national championship at this site, but I, I no, I, I I think too though. I think I think we're writing off worst. Uh, she had a really bad weekend, um, but her results haven't been that bad. It's just that like she hasn't been on the podium and she's been kind of getting one upped by your Voshes and your Bockers, and so I'll uh, just make things. I'll go with worst. Worst is my Perfect. my dark horse pick to sneak one in there uh, when Betsima makes too many mistakes. All right, really quick, rapid, rapid fire because we have to get to the to the men. Uh, this is just to blow your column for tomorrow, Zach. Uh, but uh, Michael, who's winning U twenty three women? Bacher. Zach. I mean, I I've got to go with Vosh because that's who I picked. So <laughs> I got Vosh too. I think Vosh Vosh does it. That's gonna be a good Ooh, race. Ooh, I like it. All right. Um, yeah, I'm feeling Vosh Bacher and the Ginger Hammer. I think we'll she'll the ginger hammer will, will bounce back and get that third spot. All right. Let's move over to the men. Got quite a weekend. Quite a weekend uh to to roll into um the Wait, are we we were wait, sorry. Yes. We're completely done with the women? Yes, what do you got? <laughs> do you know that meme of Leonardo DiCaprio? It's from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Where he's sitting on this, he's like pointing at the TV, like, oh, 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 oh. I had that thought in the race when Alvarado, I think lap one, pit one, or lap two, pit one, made the pit exchange, and like 
dive bomb brand down the descent. And I was like, oh, that's her spot. She's going to attack there later on the race and win. And she did. And I just, I thought of you, Bill. And I was, I was like Leo in the meme. I was pointing to the TV. I was saying to my girlfriend, Emily, that's it. That's the spot. It was beautiful. Good job. That's all I wanted Good to say. Good job. Good job. Zach, it, it's like the, you know, it, it's the warm up, the warm up before the big show. I, I, could we have set the stage any better? Well, I, I don't know. I wrote about this. Like, I've been getting frustrated with WoW. Like, I'm obviously, like, we talked about uh, some other people publicly standing other athletes, and I, I had to, I, I couldn't, like, I couldn't say too much. I mean, I, I love to see WoW doing well or whatever, but I've been frustrated with him. I, this, you know, I, t- I wrote about this lack of sense of urgency, and I was sitting there in Hama, and it was stretched out, and there was, it was like, I want to say, like, Van Turnout, Vanderpool, and then Watt was in fifth, and I turned to uh, my girlfriend, Aaron, and I was like, this race is over. And within two minutes, Vanderpool had attacked, and Watt was completely stuck in fifth position because he showed no sense of urgency to get to the front. And my gosh, at Overice, uh, he was on a mission, and it was incredible to watch. I mean, you know, he was like second up the climb. He pitted, he fell back to eighth, and by the time they dropped to the cobbles, he was in third, and by the time they finished that climb, he was in first and off the front. And I was just like, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do, Wout, if you want to win a bike race against Matthew Vanderpool. And we saw, like, Vanderpool, I mean, I to what extent we know, was it a fluke or was it a mistake? But, like, he got a flat and Wout went off the front. And I was like, I hope Wout remembers that and races like that on Sunday because – we got a bike race out of it. Well, Zach, we know the Saturday race he was racing, but Vanderpool only races the World Cups for training. <laughs> I know. That, that, that was, he's, oh my God. His statement that he didn't really care about the World Cups because nothing left to prove and he just needs to win worlds. Yeah, that was pretty, uh, that was pretty great. I wanted to point out though, Zach, that maybe, Maybe Wout was tired because, as we saw in the Yumbo Visma announcement, he was at training camp with his road team doing literally every job, even apparently filming the video. So he was a little, you know, he had to eat the legs. He's a little rusty. But, Bill, I mean, was that, could that have been more perfect to your perfect encapsulation of Wout as the coach's son? And here they just, they embrace it and they're like, Wout does everything. I mean, I just <laughs> love, yeah, like, this guy does everything. Also, by the way, this contract is worth a reported over 2 million euros a year. So, you know. That's it? That's it? It's cycling, Damn. dude. It, this isn't, Ineos this doesn't pay sport. what they used to. You know, it was easy to outbid them. Wow. Yeah, seriously. I mean, Ineos is going all in on the on the sort of classics team, the money ball thing now, I guess. Well, that's not true. Um, I watched the race made my notes, read your column, and I was like, yeah, what what that that what is that what is he doing? Why is he in sixth place ever? Well, Not that I Yeah, and it and Vanderpool knows that and he's not just gonna putz around and be like and the reality is is like none of these other guys can hold his wheel. Like I even want to talk about where Pitters is at. Like Pitters was on Vanderpool's wheel and at Overisa and I was like, oh man, this is great. All right, so Pitters is back. Like he'll ride Vanderpool's wheel. He'll stay with him. He dropped him in like four seconds. 
was just like, boom, gone. And I was like, all right, well, I think we got a pretty good idea of whether or not Havara was a fluke or not uh, in that one moment. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, it seems like these races, uh, I was talking to my friend about this, you know, we used to talk about cycle crosses, like it was all about threshold. Like, you know, that was the traditional, like coaches be like, oh, just develop your FTP. Like these races are way more dynamic that things are happening from the get, like, and Curtis has talked about this, like you have to be on it from the get go and you have to fight and you have to push and you have to go deeper than you think you could, unless you're Claire Hansinger and just ride through the field. Um, and yeah, I was like, wow, what are you doing, man? And I think we're seeing that where Vanderpool knows that. And it's like, oh, look, I've got Van Turnout on my wheel. All right. See ya. So don't you think that means that somebody like Pidcock, somebody like uh, Mikey V, that that their only play here is really the Hail Mary? I mean, for Pidcock, it's the Namur, I need to go out as hard as I can. I need to get as much as a lead as I can. I have to hope that something happens behind me and then just hang on to the end. It isn't. Isn't that really it? I mean, isn't that isn't that the only play? I mean, they can't stick on Vanderpool's wheel. You just said it. The only really chance is to try to try to get him at the beginning and i i don't know i don't know if that works get him at the beginning or or try to you know barnacle your way on on wout's wheel i mean i at one point we saw vanderpool was at the front and mikey v was on his wheel struggling he looks over he looks over at the rest of the field probably he's looking at wow like where are you like I could use your wheel right now. Um, but I agree. I feel, I think so. That's, that, that's, that, that's the play. I mean, I would go as so far as to argue that I don't think, I, I think Wout's doing that too. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. that's like, and, and he's doing better, right? We saw at Heron Tall's, it was like, typically Vanderpool when he's off the front would already have like a 20 second lead. Like Wout was charging hard and like made that flat cost Vanderpool the race. And, you know, we saw this situation, like if Vanderpool already had like a 10 second lead when that flat happened, all of a sudden Wout is barely ahead of him. And you saw that Vanderpool closed 10 seconds of his 20 second advantage in that first lap. So, I mean, <laughs> I think there's just, you're right. Uh, I think the other guys are playing for third. I mean, so maybe your best strategy is to to barnacle to Wout just because Wout is a little less snappy. I feel like his wheel's a little bit easier to hold just because he's such a diesel versus Vanderpool is so dynamic. But yeah, I mean, aren't, aren't you just playing for third at this point? Yes. So Michael, do we put any, any clout into Wout's statement that it's nice to be the uh, rabbit other than, rather than the, the hunt hunter for once. And, and is that showing his cards that he is going to do what Zach said and just kind of like attack from the front? I mean, that's not the, that's not the coach's son ploy, you know. That's uh, that's 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 racing. That's racing with heart instead of mind, almost. But but maybe that's the game plan, man. Maybe that's that's the change. I don't know. I that's that's a. I never thought about that. I I think that Wout seems like not. He seems not that cynical type, you know. Like, I think he. I think I think he learned his lesson from Saturday, um, and then was like, I have to be on it today. And so, I mean, I think I could see him trying that again. Um, I think that he's poked the bear, though. And Vanderpool is, you know, he got a flat, right? So it's like, where would he have been without that flat? I think that I think both of them are going to come into next weekend just like 
on top of it. And I want to say that the one thing about this race was, was really awesome that the first two, three laps was like, we saw Vanderpool and, and wow, like going at it together in a way I haven't seen them race in a long time. And that was really fun to see. And because it's on the course that's like, so like up and down and they're just like gliding, like controlled chaos, like down those turns, it was like, one of the most enjoyable cross races I had seen. Um, and it, it reminded me of the Hama highlight that was been passed around before Hama of, of wow, beating Vanderpool. But when they were both just attacking back and forth, like I just, it was so cool to see that. Cause usually we see the, the Vanderpool drop everybody. And then wow, does the, the chase and drool everywhere. And like, but that, that sort of dynamic was, ah, it was, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. I, I loved it. Every every week, seven years ago, that's what you would see. Just yeah, out in Vanderpool. I, just, I was just like, head to head. Ho- holy crap! That that's amazing racing. Yeah. All know. right, Zach. Oh yeah. Can I? So my my hot take question or whatever. Do you guys think? Because I mean, so we've seen. Um, it's been really interesting for me to watch Wild this year um, because uh, he, he. I don't want to. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, Bill. Because this is this is uh, venturing on your IP, um, but he's kind of developing the Wout lines, like in a way that you know, and it's not maybe as as glaring as when Sven did it, and it was the Sven line, but like he's really thoughtful. Just watch the lines that Wout takes, and it's like a clinic. It's do you? Th- it's almost you like he think- slows down for it, doesn't it? It's almost like he's going slower than anybody, but it's a faster line. Do you think that Vanderpool is more prone to these high-profile flats? And by that, I mean I'm extrapolating like three instances because of how he rides versus how Wout is much seems more careful and thoughtful I, about his lines. I think if anything, that and I, I you know, I, I always kid people like, oh, he can't race in the sun uh, mud because that seems to be what people always want to glom onto. Yeah, I think when he rushes. That that is what you have to do. You have to get him into. He is a he just his technique, his flow, his style is so like he just doesn't think about it, and he's going his speed. Vanderpool. It's just that his speed is just higher than everybody else's, so he's able to do all of these things within himself. And it's as soon as he gets outside of himself, where he's pushed, where he knows he has to close a gap. That's when he seems to make these mistakes. And I think you're right. I think that's when he's putting himself into these bad positions that, that may, you know, cause flat tires. It's, it's, it's the whole thing about the green tires and Beal is where it's like, <laughs> maybe it's just that Wout it was better riding that track than Vanderpool that, that kept air in his tires. And I think there's definitely something to that. Well, and you bring that up, uh, Valkenberg, too. Wout started strong and just forced Vanderpool into mistake after mistake, and that's what ultimately cost Vanderpool in that race, too. And we saw it at the end of Overisa. You know, he just, I mean, he was so spent uh, that that one getting stuck, uh, you know, uh, on that one spot when Wout did the, the drool climb uh, led to more mistakes and ultimately a huge gap at the, at the end of the race. So I, I come back to it Wout's play and it's, you're talking about, is it heart? I think it's brains to say that his only play is to go, go out as hard as he can and put Vanderpool. That's not even like pride or heart, like analytically, like that's how you've won your select few big races against the dude in the past, like four years. 
threes over twos. Got to go, <laughs> got to go deep every time. All right, Michael. So it, it, I, I think right now that there is this guy who's like sitting at home. He's listening to this. He's kind of channeling Eminem. He's saying, hey, just a bunch of gibberish. These MFers gone and forgot about Ailey. We haven't seen him. <laughs> Low profile, off the grid. He's like in Siberia, pulling logs through the snow. He's working on the wrist. He's getting healthy. He's getting fit. Is this it, man? Is he just going to come in here and take off from the start and just crush everyone? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just would be a great story. Um, I'd watch that one, but I no, I just I think he's. I mean, he he sat out over icy, right? Like he he did Hama because he's got the lead in the X two O, but he's injured, man. I I think that that the injury is is really a fact. I mean, you can see it. I mean, he's trying. He tried to race. He just he doesn't got it. I mean, and and at the end of the day, if you're not, you know, he there's two people in his way, all, always. So he's got to fight to be on there the podium. There are two people on his team in his way. Yeah, right, right. We we didn't even talk about the sneaky squeak. I was getting there. I was gonna hand. I was gonna hand the show over to Zach. But if you want to start off, no, I got something before we get to that. I want to. I want to go back. I want to talk. About, there's a lot of bulletin board material that that happened this weekend that came into this weekend. We saw. You know. If we go to what we provided the riders, you know, we we didn't we said primetime was no longer a topper, right? She was she was she was it was all brand. Um and then with the men, you know, you guys had voted Wout to be a topper. I, I had put him as a sub topper. He goes out and wins. He 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 does sub topper stuff on Saturday and he goes out and wins on Sunday. And and my argument is that I think he's still a sub topper. Um, the sub topper is the one who can win, who can win when the day, when things line up for them that day. And they did, um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I still, I guess I'm saying that I want to stand by my pick and I still think that, wow, it's a sub topper, uh, on the season. And maybe that's telling you who I think is going to win worlds. Before, before we get to Lawrence Swick, since that's the biggest story, Zach, <laughs> can we, can we, can we talk about Wout's? Post up. Oh, let's please let's <laughs> please please tell, tell me what, what so, was going so on. So I were you guys. I thought it was weird. So we've seen it before. He did it. Valkenberg. He did the stand thing. It was his third one. Uh, five race World Cup series. Does it really warrant it? Does it really warrant the the standing? I say no. So. Was it? It's so. It's not a, a throwback or an ode to an older Belgian. It's racer not the. It's not. It's not Coke Sida, Paul Herriger's, Niels Albert. You know, Wout Van Aert getting off, hopping on the ground, getting back on, doing the fist pumps. You know, they've that's that's the legacy post up that that has gone through the generations. This whole you know, DiCaprio, I'm the king of the world <laughs> thing seems to just be. Wout and yeah, I don't know. I I I would have I would have gone full on with the um you know bring bring the actual uh um pacifier out of the back pocket instead of just you know going for the thumb. Let's you know mix it up a little and save that. Maybe save save the standing on the pedals post up 
for for winning worlds. But I don't know. Maybe he's just happy. Bill, Maybe we shouldn't be such you know jerks about this. Bill, I had a question. What if he what, what if he had a sharpie in his long sleeve jersey and he pulled it out and signed his own jersey? <laughs> that <laughs> would have been fantastic. Dear Matthew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That was, I mean, shit. The guy can be happy, I guess. We shouldn't. Yeah. No, it's, I just, I did. Yeah. It was interesting. I, I wasn't, didn't, wasn't familiar with it. Wasn't sure what was going on there. Although, I, I mean, you, you did mention it. It did seem like alternative reality, you know, things. Vanderpool comes back and wins that race. Absolutely, absolutely devastating to Wout Van Aert. Everyone's yeah. just like, you blew it. You blew yeah. it. You, you you just got owned. Like him, I, you could, I mean, you could see. You could see the drool and the spittle and the foam and like going up that climb in lap seven. Like he, w- he wanted to win that. I, I think he probably got caught up in the emotions a little bit, but like winning that race was really important to him even though he yeah. just signed a contract for over 2 million euros a year. Conspiracy theory. Just came up with this. Ooh, Ready? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Van Aert wins, which had a Belgian political side story to it. It meant that Tim Merlier is able to go to Worlds now because it's a extra winning the world cup is an auto bid auto select which means that you still get your eight so they get nine people on the belgians men team what team is tim merlier on is he uh, a vanderpool's team is he a poo now he's an alpacine phoenix who's his teammate matthew vanderpool was this a like hey buddy i'll stay back so you get to go to worlds i'm gonna give this one up for the team Matthew Vanderpool tanked this race so that Tim Merlier could go to Worlds. I so maybe I thought maybe that uh, Watt was doing a T for Tim. I was going to say if he if he pulled out like a Belgian team jersey out of his back pocket and then just waited for uh, Merlier to cross the line and hand it to him. <laughs> oh, so many so many good things we could have without a confetti cannon. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's um. I think I'm gonna play. We got a voicemail. It will probably have already played. I'm gonna put it. I think at the beginning of the show. But one of the one of the uh, uh, things that the the caller lamented was was the um, lack of a strong confetti cannon game this year. We saw it a couple times. I think right with Alvarado or Bran. Um, but yeah, the Dutch aren't bringing their A game. But we'll we'll give them a pass with all the all the restrictions. Yeah. It's fair. Hey guys. What is that? I I hear something. I hear something. It's it's out on the horizon. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Are you guys hearing that? I guys, guys, I I don't know. That sounds an awful lot like. By God, is that Lauren Swex music? 
I didn't hear Derude. No. no. Sandstorm? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. You did that wrong. God damn it. Ah, I tried. Bill, make that happen. I'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... Dude, the guy is just, like, chilling out until Worlds. He comes up... Lawrence Sweck is guaranteed one big race every season. Maybe this is it. He did win that one race. He won two races. I here's what you know. So Lawrence, like I have been enjoying. You talk about gimmicks that we enjoy, and we've we've enjoyed Sana Watch, and you know there's been pony camps galore, and sometimes life isn't a pony camp. But like Lawrence Sweck has really disappointed me. I remember when I did the post last year, the sarcastic font is Lawrence Sweck Elite Post. It was fun because like for every up there was a crushing down, and for every you know high for every Belgian champ there was him like finishing 15th in a race or whatever and it was just really really crushing and i was enjoying that roller coaster and for the last two months he's just been like mediocre and i have some glimpses of hope that lauren sweck will do the thing he finished second at mall that was a sandy race uh he finished third at hama he had a great race there uh he looked good he beat the pitters uh, perhaps providing a uh, blueprint of what could occur uh, this weekend. And he even had a decent race at Overisa for a climby race to finish seventh, even though he finished like three minutes down. He was still kind of in the mix <laughs> with some other dudes who are better climbers than him. So I am, I would love to see Lauren Swack just do the thing and finish third two minutes behind Machu and Wout. <laughs> love it. Love it. Michael, you got a dark horse? Dark Horse. Oh, no. Oh, no we, um, we haven't even like done. What do we should we start? Yeah, give me your pick first. Who's winning? Who's winning men's world? Let's 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 put the topper on the topper here. Oh, man. I mean, you know, we don't we have we don't really do head and heart picks on this show. I don't the, I mean, but I will just say Vanderpool. Vanderpool's going to win. I just he just he, he the bear was poked last week. And as you said, Bill, all he does is win championships. So yeah, no, uh, I, I I'm with you. I'm also picking picking Vanderpool, Zach. Uh, I got to do my top five since that's what I did before. Uh, I am. I'm gonna go with my head, so I'm just gonna go Vanderpool, Wout, Pitters, Tone Arts, Van Turnout. Okay. I feel like my man Tone's been getting a bad rap. I think he's gonna he's gonna bounce back and and score that fourth place finish. He's my dark horse. I'm putting Tone on the on the podium. I think that he's good. He's good in the sand. I think that he, um, yeah, he's he's you know w- w- too nice for his own good sometimes. And I think I think we're gonna see. I, I just want to see angry Tone and 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 get him get him on the podium. So he's he's my dark horse. I'm going with Mikey V. I'm ride or die, Mikey V. He's he's not dark horse. He's third. He's solid third. He's legs, man. That guy can run. If they got to get off in the sand, he can take off yeah, and go. He's, just, he's been a gamer all year. You know, he's he's put in the work. He's he's been he's risen to the top of the sauces, and he's a guy you want to root for. So yep. there you go. Uh, Vanderpool, Wout, Fantastic. Mikey V. 
I think we did it. Hey, uh, we got Worlds coming up this weekend. You all should uh, tune into Flow Bikes to check that out. Uh, that that would be that would be the the th- this week the bulletin preferred uh, broadcaster of choice, and they actually have the U.S. and Canadian rights. So if you are in those countries, go check out Flow Bikes and Flow Sports for that broadcast. I'm going to say that little bit of a silver lining here. Absolutely hate that we don't have any junior races. I love, you know, world's weekend is something that I love just not getting any sleep and waking up in the middle of the night and, and watching races, but that we don't have to wake up at 3am this year. Not the worst thing in the world. So I, I, it stinks. I look forward to having all the junior racing back next year when it's in our own time zone. But for now, couple hours extra sleep on on world's days i think you're just you're tempting me to point out that on flow bikes you can watch all of their cyclocross content live and on demand and so if you're like me and you don't want to get up that early and can keep yourself off twitter uh you can just wake up at a normal time shut out the outside world and watch the race as if it were live it's a beautiful thing for those of us who hate getting up early on weekends Michael's not going to allow you to do that because you know he's doing this just to spite you, and he's going to be group texting you anyway. Yeah, you realize I, I, like, I don't and... look at my phone during those group. T- I, I I literally like cover it and I put it away. <laughs> and I don't look at it, which is why I end up texting you guys like three hours later because I finally watch the race. Like that's kind of how that works. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can mute you can mute threads on your text just to let you know you can still use your phone. <laughs> no, I'll be up. It's world. It's world's baby. Um, so we've got, I think on Saturday would be the U23 men and the elite women. Is that correct? I mean, we glossed over um, the U23 men. Yeah, I don't know. Ryan Camp. I'm not sure. Why not? Um, and then on Saturday, we have the U23 women, which I think we're all looking forward to. And then the elite men uh, to close out the weekend. So, yeah, maybe I'll... Uh, join in and opine on twitter and watch it with everyone so all right sweet sounds good um well bill i look forward to the first episode of this podcast edited by wout (laughs) benner i'm sending i'm sending the files off to him tonight so hopefully he'll have it up by the morning Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, and we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.